Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Lisa, the other half. We're dead proud to be working with IPHM this season and can't wait to tell you all about them and their services. The IPHM is a worldwide accreditation board with a difference. Their passion lies in helping people live the life they love as well as giving the public the reassurance they need to know they'll be in safe hands. There's a reason all our coaches are IPHM accredited and a reason we are an IPHM accredited training provider because their reputation is simply the best out there. Check them out at IPHM.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. And we are back. <laughs> Welcome yes. to season four of the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. Oh my God, I think we've overdone the break this time, Lisa. What do you think? It was a good break though. I enjoyed it. And you know what? It's made me so excited to be back and to see you in this kind of podcasty environment. <laughs> I know we've made some changes though, haven't we? Some little ones, but we think it's going to make the whole experience for you and us a little bit better. So a few changes are we've shortened the season. So we're going to be bringing 10 to 11 episodes each season. I say 11 because I think I've put an extra guest in this one, but it will usually be 10. I like Um, 11. I like the number 11. Oh no, now you've made me have to look for more guests. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> um, 11 episodes, it seems. We've just agreed on that. Um, we've shortened them, so you've got time to listen to this on your lunch break. Now you're all back at work or getting there. Um, we have bought new mics. We have, which is pretty much covering our faces. But if you're listening to us on your lunch break, then that doesn't really matter anyway. Nobody can see us anyway. It's fine. I could be picking my nose right now. <laughs> <I won't. laughs> for a change <laughs> but seriously it's really really good to be back we're both reinvigorated re-energized and we're ready for a good conversation what we're going to talk about in this first episode i want to know whether you still think that our title is right for us i know we're not changing it but like the sober experiment is it an experiment anymore or is it now a lifestyle Oh, that's an interesting one. I'm sorry. Get in front of your mind. What are you faffing with? I've spilled a full glass of water all over my kitchen worktop and I'm trying to not look like I'm cleaning it up at the You look like you're cleaning it up and you sound like you're cleaning it up. Well, I'm just (laughs) going to leave it there, this full glass of water dripping down onto my floor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, experiment. I always say this, um, we did... And you're actually up next week on this with Club Soda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about an experiment and the sober experiment. And I just think I actually still love the name the sober experiment, even though we'd be sober, because yeah, it is an experiment. Like one of the biggest things and what got me through my first hundred days in particular was seeing who I was and what I was like in all these different situations without alcohol. So I didn't know what I was like at a wedding or at a party or in a bar or at an event That's without two pissed. <laughs> yeah, no, but I didn't know who I was with it. It was such a big part of my identity. You're such a cow that unchanged, has it? <laughs> I've brought it back. <laughs> but no, I didn't know who I was without 
alcohol. It was such a big part of my identity. So I saw everything as an experiment. So, you know, like when I got mad about something, when I used to drink, I'd use like the fuck it switch and be like, ah, I'm going out drinking, forget everybody else. So instead I kind of took a moment to think, you know what? I'm dead mad. How's Lisa going to react to this then? And saw it as an experiment. And I think I still see things like that. I think you see things with curiosity, like like an experiment. And I think I tried oh, I to I wish I'd used that word. Curiosity. I'm glad yeah. you didn't. It's mine. It's such <laughs> a lovely word. <laughs> it's one I'm using a lot lately in coaching. But honestly, I, I, I think you do look at everything with curiosity. And sometimes I'm guilty of getting stuck in quite a fixed mindset. And I know it, which means that, awareness is like half the battle but I know that I can see things as like right or wrong or true or false and it's not always that way and I still like to think that I live it as an experiment as well but this got me thinking right and we did a post on it didn't we on Instagram about whether kind of living a sober lifestyle or being alcohol free is the same as being free from alcohol and I think this came up because we noticed in our community, the vast majority of people after a certain amount of time, which we're trying to find out, by the way, on Facebook in our group, after a certain amount of time become free from alcohol as well as being alcohol free, as in they don't want to drink, they're not interested in it, they're willing to experiment with life, they're not tied to it. But there's a small proportion of people who, you know, I don't want to stick a label on people, but, you know, they're still very much wanting a drink through every situation and it got me thinking like you know what do we do about that how do we deal with it as individuals I mean I've got my own ideas around this but if you are and like I was at the beginning what would be considered a dry drunk yeah you know you're still craving a drink every time something goes wrong every time you're stressed every time you're celebrating you're thinking constantly oh I need a drink I need a drink but you're sober you're missing out aren't you you are missing out on the beauty of it. Massively. I think, um, you know what, when years and years and years ago, I remember going to a pub and I'd stopped smoking for about like two days or something at the time. Oh, and I know I, these stories. I know. Yeah. And, I, and I walked into this pub and I was talking to this guy and I said, oh, I've stopped smoking. Um And he said, oh, I've not smoked for like 35 years. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Do you ever still want one? And he said, every single day. And I looked and I was like, and I went outside and had a fag because... Because I just thought I cannot go for 35 years wanting a cigarette. Like it will do me head. And if I feel like this for 35 years, what's the point? That was literally my mindset at that time. And it really, and it made me go out and smoke. And it it kind of worries me when you hear people drink, who've stopped drinking and they're like, yeah, like two, two years into it. And they say, oh, I've had a drink. It like, you like, what? What do you mean? What? I'm going to get to two days. I'm still going to feel like this. And I genuinely believe that when it comes or when these relapses kind of happen after two years, the mindset work 
perhaps hasn't been done. Um, oh, it's been stopped because I think that's it, a key thing. You, you know, like we think, yeah, you, you, you can't be working. You're not working. You can't. You can. Uh, eventually, there might come a point where you don't have to work on it. I don't know. Could we I call presume. it something other than working? Because again, my, my mindset works. It's like, oh, do I want to be working at this like my oh. whole entire life? But it's not work, is it? it it's and development. It's self development. That's what it is. It's I love about, these words we're coming up with today. <laughs> I mean, I'm coming up with curiosity. No, we said we, Alex. We said we. We are one. <laughs> we have snorted on the podcast. It's not number one of the season. <laughs> Seriously, though, right? I, I Now you've said that about your smoking story, I've got a similar one. So, you know, I've probably stopped smoking three times before I stopped smoking. First time I did two years and I genuinely didn't want one at all for the two years. I was fine. And then something happened. I can't remember what it was. It'll have been something quite significant, like a death or an event. And I started again. And I thought after three months, I'll give up again. I must have been early 20s, but I gave up again. And I gave up for two months every single day of that two months I wanted a cigarette oh. I was a, like, like a dry drunk I was a dry smoker can you have one of them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the last time I did it which was just after my dad had passed away I put it out and I was like that's it I'm done and I really really did not get tempted to ever pick up a cigarette so what again. was the I difference think- then I think two things. I think, first of all, realising that having a cigarette around the time my dad died did absolutely sweet FA for me. It didn't It didn't actually help. It just made me feel guilty because he wouldn't have wanted me to smoke either. And yeah. so I, th- I, think realize, I think once I realised it gave me nothing, once I realised that it added nothing to my life and all it was doing is taking away, taking away my money, taking away my freedom to be able to sit in a bar. Money is ridiculous, you know. Oh, my te- 20 quid or something out there. My teenagers smoke and all the time I'm like that typical mum and I'm like, you will never, ever, ever have money if you smoke. Never. Like I remember when I stopped going to the shop and buying like some milk. I couldn't believe how cheap it was. I was, I was like <laughs> looking around the shop for a did you never have milk <laughs> No, because I'd always like had milk and some and cigarettes. cigarettes. So yeah, I was like, oh, what else can I buy? It was like one pound eleven when we were smoking though for ten. And honestly, I don't even think you can get tens now. But twenty's like twenty quid. Oh 20 my! Quid. Oh my god! Even... There's a right racket in it. <laughs> it. It's ridiculous. But no, I. You know what? It's for me to stop smoking. I actually read. And this helped me stop drinking as well. Um, oh, and we've you're not had going a, to tell us about Alan Carr. I am. I'm going to have to, but just don't ask to get him on the podcast because oh, he's, he's, he's not I'll here anymore. But um, <laughs> so another story. You'll have no. to go back to the beginning for that. Yeah, one. you'll have to go back to season one to hear about um, <laughs> Alex putting a foot in it. Again, um, but yeah, I read Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking, and that was my first kind of insight into how mindset can change habits. And I loved it. And the good thing about that book, what I found was you could still 
smoke while reading it. And by the time you got to the end of the book, like you'd even say in the book, like, have a cigarette now. So you'd be like, oh, thanks, Alan. I'll have her back <laughs> while reading this. Here's the gal. But by the end of it, I couldn't wait to stop because I knew there was so much to look forward to. And then when I stopped drinking alcohol, I'd the first book I read um, was The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, which made me think, oh, yes, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person in the world that kind of feels like this. But then I read Alan Carr's Easy Way for Women to Stop Drinking. So it gave me kind of the same training of my mindset. What do you think the difference between a woman stopping and a man stopping is? It's not a joke. It sounds like a <laughs> You know what? I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's just a bit stupid that. I reckon that's just another way of making it. You know what? Mess. It's probably just marketing, is it? Isn't yeah. it? We're, so, we're all suckers. You know, we fell for the alcohol industry marketing for our whole lives. It's um, expensive. Oh my so God, it, that's expensive. It's probably though. just a way of marketing. The drink, it reminds me because he does like hypnotism as well. Have you watched the Friends episode where Chandler gets hypnotized to stop smoking? Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's dead feminine and he starts doing really feminine stuff. Anyway, we, we divert, diverse, die. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> that we, yeah, we go away from the topic. <laughs> no more, no more good words from me. My bank for the day is out. <laughs> well, oh. yes. Yeah, so there we have it. So then the next thing, right, I got thinking about this week. Now we've just ranted on that. Oh, actually, before we do it, before we move on, can we just rant about Facebook not being able to get in touch with a person on there? No. I wanted, already... do you know why I want to rant about it? Because it's the only place I can rant about it and not get banned from something. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, oh, oh, you know what? Can we just pop in here, actually? If you, um, if you enjoy our podcast, I was going to say this at the end, but if you do enjoy our podcast, please, please, will you share it with your friends? Because we have no other way of sharing it because both Alex and I are banned from sharing things. <laughs> we don't even know why. And we can't find out why because there's no effing humans. <laughs> We've been auto banned by a bot. I think we. Think I think it's because it's we, we talk about alcohol and the robot doesn't know we're talking about giving it up, giving it or does it or does it or is that a whole other subject? Oh, does it not want us to give up? Do they yeah. make too much money if they give up? What if Facebook have got some shares in the alcohol industry? Stop it, or else our our, our podcast will get banned. Stop dun, dun, right dun. now. I don't think that's true, by the way, but you know, it's worth a little extra. Sorry, Mac. Do <laughs> Mac? Oh. Yeah, we're sorry. Please, 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 let us put our podcast on your page. No, no, that's no. what I mean. Anyway, like, come on. <laughs> we'll get back to our chat shortly, but first, let us tell you a little bit more about our friends at IPHM. So IPHM is a worldwide accreditation board with a bit of a difference. They pride themselves in the personal service and it's proper humans in the office checking through the applications. They genuinely know how hard you've worked to start your own business and they'll be there for you every step of the way. Their passion lies in helping people live the life they love, as well as giving the public the reassurance they need to know they'll be in safe hands. So if you want to stand out from the rest and become part of a worldwide recognised organisation, then choose IPHM for confidence and trust. There's a reason all our coaches are IPHM accredited and a reason we're an IPHM accredited training provider because their reputation is simply the best out there. 
Check them out at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. Right. So this the other thing right, that I got thinking about is the rules of the world, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Seriously, I, I don't think I fit in the rules. I don't. It, maybe I don't understand them anymore. Maybe I never did. Maybe they've changed, right? They because, have. Do you think they have changed? Right? Oh, so much. Let me just explain why, what I mean, right? So, you know, years ago, when it used to be all about share, 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 please talk, be open, let's talk more. Are you okay? Are you really okay? Share, share, share. Well, yeah. What happened to oversharers? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday, right? My mental health went to a bad place, but not because I didn't talk about it. I've always talked about it. And in fact, I've yeah. been accused of being an oversharer about it because I was quite open about it. I don't think the problem is with the people not willing to talk. I think the problem is the people aren't willing to listen. If, we, if there is a problem, yeah. which there is. And I don't think it's that they don't want to listen or they're uncomfortable. I think people don't know how to react when you sort of start oversharing. It's so hard, isn't it? Because truthfully, right, and I'm guilty of this, I'm just going to throw it out there and I might regret it. But you know when you've gone out and you say to somebody, hey, you're right, and then you go like, hi, yeah, you. Or you say to somebody, hi, you're right, and they go, oh, well, actually, no. (laughs) This happened, and my first reaction is, Oh, like that's bad, isn't it? I'm so sorry, I feel really bad for it because I'm not prepared for it. I'm like in the co op, yeah. Or something. I was, I'm I was not, gonna but, say because that's not that oversharing in the co op. Well, I don't know, or is that because I'm not actually reaching out for help now. I feel so bad, I'm having a really bad oh my god, I'm down, 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 down. <laughs> just calm yourself. Listen, I want to just say, just to reassure you, when. You are in the right setting, as in, in our Be Sober group. If you asked somebody, are you okay? And they said, no, there is no way on earth you would react with, uh, even inside. Oh, gosh, no. no, because you're in, like, the right environment you're in. You know what I love about that, actually, in the group, and we say this on the um, Sober Languages on a Thursday that we have, is... Oh, I hate saying it because it's so cliche about the safe space and the non-judgmental, but it genuinely is. And something that I always say to everybody on the Thursdays, show up as you are. Don't change anything. If you're not all right, show up not all right. If you're all right, show up all right. And what I worry about in the group sometimes is, when somebody's had a really good day and they're like saying, oh, I've done this and it's amazing and they fly in the little pink fluffy cloud and loving it that somebody sat there and they're worried about saying, well, actually, I've had a really, really bad day. I feel like crap. I, like everything's awful. But we speak about this quite often. And when you're feeling rubbish, it's actually really nice to hear somebody's lovely story. It cheers you up. You think, oh yes, there is hope. I will feel like that. And what's good about the group is it's all right. You you can say, that's amazing. I'm so glad you've had a lovely day. Actually, today has been 
horrific and everybody's all right with that well there's light that's it there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah it puts us back to what we were saying in the beginning that you don't have to feel like you're white knuckling sobriety forever there always is light at the end of the tunnel but i think we can speed it up with our mindset and my point about the world and the rules right is i don't think it fits everybody and we were talking about this the other day weren't we off the podcast obviously like let me give you one other example when i was doing my a levels at school and i got quite defensive about this again today my english teacher who was amazing by the way she was a fantastic teacher she was trying to go through some feedback with me and just telling me where i could improve <laughs> and what I, can you imagine trying to tell me where i could because i'm laughing i know after working with you now for this amount of time that you and feedback do not go very well <laughs> we do but only on reflection so what you need to do is you need to give me the feedback and then say now we just not speak and then go run. away run, yeah. <laughs> run go away. away and come back and it, I know where it comes from and what got me thinking about this is I was watching um, Josh's video Josh Connolly from Nakoa I was watching his video about hero child the other day and how you've developed the hero child and I'm not sure that it's all true for me but definitely I can see traits of it develop as a hero child to cope so everything in your life has to be perfect you if you're found to be imperfect in any way it freaks you out because yeah. you're striving to be perfect so that the you're getting told how amazing you are all the time so anyway this teacher said to me years back obviously i'm over it as you can hear um <laughs> she's she talking away to me about feedback and what i was trying to do just being me was go oh well i wrote this because and i wrote that because and she said to me you don't have to be so defensive right now that in itself, I wanted to punch her. Just let's put that out there, right? I didn't. She was a good teacher, but I could not see that I was defensive at all. I, in my head, I was trying to justify what I'd written, and I think that's key. At no point, not her fault, did she say, "Why are you reacting like this, Alex? What's going on?" You know, or even think about that I was criticised for it instead of exploring it with curiosity and that's my ish, that's my thing and I think this episode is going to be called Curious Curious or something like that we'll so i be curious <laughs> <laughs> could be could be but do you see what I mean there's always like a right and a wrong place to be and you don't necessarily fit in with the right and the wrong or the black and the white or the you know I genuinely think no. Alex, when you're saying about it, that the world is different. And I think this is why so many people do struggle at the moment. And it's because, and this is just my opinion, we're trying to fit into a man-made world that doesn't necessarily suit how we learn or... You don't mean man-made as in male here either, do you? You mean the rules have been made up by humans? Oh, please, do we not have to go... We can't start this gender... <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not educated enough for it. Yeah, I, I need to learn this. I just but- said I know and I didn't mean I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> not that you're not educated enough. <laughs> this, this, what this gender-neutral made world. <laughs> oh, um, no, I, I do. I feel I watched like my 15-year-old at school and how much she struggled to fit into that environment. And you know what? She's. It's because of the rules and now it is. It's just, it's just, I got distracted then. I'm so sorry. No, it's my fault because I interrupted you. But yeah, I think I think that's a fair point. We can't fit into the rules that have been 
put on us, can we? Yeah, and who even made these rules up? Like, I would not be able... Like Zuckerberg. <laughs> I, I've watched, like, Olivia struggle through school and all I've ever thought every time is, well, if that happened to me, I'd have reacted like that. If that rule was in place when I was at school, I would have reacted like that all the way through. So I think things were kind of a little bit easier when we were younger. Well, I think bringing that back round then, and I agree that they were easier in some respects, but then doesn't this go a long way to showing you why people feel so obligated, so, you know, so like compelled to drink and to fit in because these rules that society has put on us you know you're you're sober because you had a drink problem so therefore you're the odd one out or do you know what I mean oh like like that with that rebel Wilson you know one minute she's being called overweight and unhealthy she goes and loses weight and then she's called like a too thin you, you know, like, oh, look win, at you. you can't win. And I think that's the thing. And I, and and this for me is a big learning curve, actually. And I'm sure it is for everybody. But for me, what I truly, truly believe in my heart now is you have to live according to your own values, your own beliefs, your own rules, and literally screw everyone else and what they think. And it's hard to do, but you do have to look after yourself. You know what, as well? And I always say this to you but about living your truth just be true you cannot go wrong if you are being truthful you just can it's impossible like if you speak your truth how will the people react to that is their problem not yours and I don't mean that in in a selfish way but if you're being truthful to you and what you believe in and I don't mean like being truthful like oh do you like my top no it's shit I don't mean that kind of truth (laughs) no you look like an absolute state (laughs) (laughs) yeah you've got to use your own like what's the word I'm looking values isn't it it's your own beliefs and your own kind of confidence in yourself in your sobriety in your beliefs to, to really be brave and go forward because you are, we are guys, everybody who's listening, we are paving the way for the new kind of social acceptably, so socially acceptable norm, really. It, it needs to be okay to choose sober. It needs to not be asked like, why are you sober? What are you doing? And the only way we're going to do that is if we live it confidently and we just go out there and say, I can have fun sober. I can do what you do sober. And actually, I don't even want to do what you do in the pub. I want to do better things. I want to do, I want to do life. Alex, you know what? I genuinely really want to add to that because you were talking about sharing and oversharing and we've always been like very positively and confidently sober. Um, And I know how hard it can be for people, especially at the beginning, to come out and say that they're sober or they've stopped drinking because they're so worried that people think that they might have a problem. And I think a lot of the work that we do is kind of helping to remove that stigma around it. And only this week... Um, I've been talking to two people actually randomly just randomly and obviously because of who I am I can't help but talk to random people about being sober and I know but two people this week have turned around to me and said you know what actually I'm drinking way too much than 
I, I'm happy with and I'd really like help with it. And I've been able to direct them to our coaches and our counsellors, which is massively, it's life-changing. We know being sober is life-changing, but by being openly sober and planting these seeds, I know I say it all the time, but it makes such a big difference telling people about it, sharing the joys of it. It's the positivity but, without yeah. being toxic. It's the yeah. truth. And if you can do that and you can open your mind, let's go back to it with curiosity and explore and keep this as a sober experiment every single day. Experience life absolutely how you want to experience and it. focus on all the amazing stuff. You're not, you are not missing out on anything by stopping drinking. You're literally, it's our liquid a poisonous liquid in a glass and you're not missing anything. You've got so much to gain. Like our lives have changed ridiculously for the better because we stopped drinking. And, you know, it's it's just a drink. It's and just you know a what? freaking drink. And you gain so much by ditching it. And every time you get FOMO, and this is probably for another episode, but every time you get it, just remind yourself that you made this choice Feel empowered, you know, really do try to turn it into the joy of missing out. Every time you start to think, oh, I wish I could, think about all the amazing things you're able to do now you're not drinking. And if you can't think of any, come and join us. Come and speak to us and we'll remind you. We say, Lisa, you say this all the time, don't you? Give me a list of all the reasons you want to drink and I will double. Oh, travel. yeah, don't, do you're not it. nicking that one. You are not pinching that one. You can <laughs> sod right insane. off. That's well, I did actually just credit you. I don't, yeah, I know, but uh, excuse it's come me. from your it's mouth, weak. and then it's weak. and it's then weak. somebody'll listen, and then they'll do a little quote, and they'll put Alex Walker, be sober, and it'll be my quote. <laughs> that, I would just like to interrupt this broadcast to announce that that was Lisa's quote. <laughs> <laughs> and I stole it. Seriously, though, I think you know, living life to the absolute full like we do, you can't, you cannot be it. Just be curious. Just be open-minded and see what life has to give. And I can't believe, Lisa, we're out of time. I know, come on, we need it. to go. We do, we do. <laughs> right, go, your turn. <laughs> Thank you, all of you, for putting up with us again on our first episode of Series C- Series 4. We honestly, we've been so excited to get back and we really do hope you enjoyed it. And please, if you have enjoyed this episode, I know I said it before, but share it with your friends. If you haven't, then please, please, keep it to yourself yeah, don't tell anybody about it if you don't <laughs> like it but if you did enjoy it share 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 because seriously it's the only way that people can find out about us and the work we do um and then you're doing your part in removing the stigma around alcohol. A big thank you to IPHM for sponsoring this episode. They're a worldwide accreditation board with a difference. And if you're working in the holistic or coaching industry, remember to check them out. Visit the website at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. And if you want to find out more about the work we do, or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more about us on our website, besoberofficial.com. And until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober. sober.